morning, everybody. How's everybody this morning? Perfect. Good, good. Get my glasses on here and myself a thing here. I'll borrow this. Well, um, I'm, I've been at, uh, <coughs> I've been preaching for a few years, and um, one of the problems I run into as a, as a minister is that um, I can spend hours preparing a sermon, and then come to the church, and God says, "Scrap it, <laughs> start over again." And sometimes you have to learn to adjust and tweak as you go along. But I've learned this too. I'd rather be hearing from the Lord and speaking His Word than to try to speak something that, you know, is just fill. Uh, I was going to speak this morning on <clears throat> the qualifications of a, uh, of a deacon, excuse me, of a, of a leader. And uh, I worked hard at that sermon. I spent hours trying to get it put together and everything all... And then all of a sudden it's like, no. <laughs> and so we're going to jump into something a little different. I even, with my brother back at the back, I said, okay, we're going to go do this. And then all of a sudden it shifts. And so um, what I want to do, we've been worshiping the Lord. How many felt the presence of the Lord this morning? Beautiful stuff. What you're feeling is what you're going to spend the rest of your life in. Hallelujah. Hey. What you're feeling is what is eternal. How many know that in a hundred years from now, most of us won't be here? I, I, I want to make it very plain. I have no intention of being here a hundred years from now. I'm doing all I can do to get through this last number of years. <laughs> okay? So what we see, what we hear, what uh, is around us, is temporal. It's temporary, right? This, this chair, our dear sister here, right? <laughs> Everything is temporary, right? And one day, right, we're all going to leave this behind. I've told you the story on, on one, one, more than one occasion, and I'm simply going to say this. My son, 34 years old, killed in the car accident. Ever since then, the, the stark reality of temporalness has hit me like a ton of bricks. I still deal with the whole aspect of um, grief. Every once in a while, I'll just find myself just can't explain it. I'll start thinking things, and I'll say, oh, my son, da-da-da, but I realize he's gone. Pointed unto man wants to die, to leave this world when you're in this body of clay, it's a temporary fix, my ladies and gentlemen. And what you felt this morning in His presence is what you're headed for, what you will be spending eternity in. Amen. Or, there will be those who will not spend eternally with Him, and they will be eternally cut off. What I want to do this morning, just to take a few minutes and look at Revelations. And um, I'm, I'm just going to pop over there. And we were singing the song, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
And in the book of Revelations, excuse me, let me pop over there for a minute. <laughs> in the book of Revelations, it's talking about him, the Lord. And he's speaking to John. And he said here, uh, just before that, he says, look, John says he's coming with the clouds of glory. And every eye will see him. And even those who have pierced him and all the people on the earth will mourn because of him. We're moving into a time of eternity when we shall see him. We shall worship him. What do you think we're going to be doing when we get to heaven? Sitting on clouds and kind of twiddling our thumbs? I don't think so. I think we're going to see him and we're going to worship him. We're going to, we're, we're going to see him in his holiness. We're going to see him in his beauty. And I believe we will, even now, folks, <clears throat> as, we, as we're worshiping this morning, we pray that prayer, thy kingdom come, let which is in heaven come to earth. When we're worshiping him, we're basically doing what the angels are doing in heaven. And they're bowing down, according to Isaiah. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And he said, and there were these, these beings that were crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Folks, we're on the winning team. Huh? You know, there's, there, there's people out there in this world now who are worshiping idols, and they're calling on the names of their gods with the hopes that they'll have some kind of blessing, they'll be, have some kind of something good will happen. But they're calling on the name of something or someone who can't help them. But when we call on the name of the Lord, we know He hears. And we know He answers. I mean, no, He doesn't always answer the way you want. But He answers. We're going through a time of transition in our house right now. How many, do we have any visitors this morning? <laughs> who, is, who is here who's been here for less than a year? Okay, you got one, two, three, four. Over a year Over a year for you, said Joel. So for those who have been here for less than a year, I'm, I'm kind of trying to give you a little backdrop of what's been going on in our church. So for the past, about a year or so ago, and up until a whole boat, September, October of last year, we had a pastor named Jesse, and he was faithfully involved here, and he served here for many years, and then he resigned. And after that, we had, for temporarily, we had a, our, our assistant, Marge. She was here for a season, and about two weeks ago, she resigned. So it kind of left us in kind of a difficult situation. So that's kind of the reality of what we're dealing with. But how many know the church continues to go on? How many know that it didn't knock Jesus off his throne when some folks resigned? How many know that the, 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 the people are, are the one we will stand before isn't the one who maybe wasn't here anymore, but it's him whoever lives. It's him who has called us. And so we want to forge ahead here as a team, and we're in the process of trying to kind of make some plans and kind of move forward. But we're excited and we're pumped because we serve the living God. And we're not 
you know, looking at situations that may not seem so good, but we're looking at the one who ever lives. We have hope today. Anybody here pumped about Jesus Christ? Anybody here pumped about the future of the house of God that you're a part of? Good. That's what I want to see. <laughs> so I'm going to go over here again. I'm talking out of, out of the book of Revelation. I'm just closing my Bible here. And uh, we see that <clears throat> John the Revelator, and John is in the spirit, and John's seeing things and hearing things. And he said, and I saw the Lord. Hi. As I mentioned earlier, I said, you know, in a hundred years from now, I don't know if any of, any of us will be here. I have a great-granddaughter, three years old. A hundred years from now, I don't know if she'll be here. She might. She's got a better chance of being here than I do. <laughs> but in a hundred years from now, a lot of things aren't going to matter. Huh? A lot of things aren't really going to be that important anymore because we're moved on. And I, I, I was reading a, a piece of uh, information here that really kind of hit me. And it was talking about um, things and stuff that we all have. And, and it was saying how, you know, the time's coming when, uh, um, you know, the stuff that you own, the clothes that you own, they, they could end up in a yard sale someplace, right? The house that you own. I have a situation. My, I grew up in a home, in a very caring home. And my grandparents, I grew up in my grandparents' home. And my granddaddy was a hard-working man, and I used to work with him, and we, you know, we were farmers. Time progressed on, and he passed away, and then his, his my, that would have been my mother and her generation, inherited what he had. And so they had a house, and so there was, it, it sort of changed hands. And just recently, uh, it was in the last few years, I guess I could say, the, the house that he owned is now owned by some distant relative of his that, you know, some young man seen it, bought it, da-da-da-da. And here, my granddaddy worked so hard to own that house and have it, and now somebody he doesn't even, didn't even hardly know owns a place and is running on with his life. And the point that, that, that I got from that was the fact that a lot of the energy and time and work that we put in, somebody else is going to one day have it or own it, right? How many here are hardworking folks, had good jobs, <laughs> owned homes, right? Owned cars, owned whatever, you know, da, 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 and all of a sudden, you know, you leave this world and all you get is, you know, six feet of ground, and if you're lucky, a box, a good, nice-looking box, and that's about it, you know, and the rest of it is just... <laughs> Goes wherever, whoever, however. <laughs> now that that isn't, you know, we don't want to get depressed over that or anything. But the beauty of it is, is we always stay focused on eternity, always eternity, because we know that's what's important. That's what have everlasting value. And here it says here, of he said in in Revelations, um, where are we at here? Revelations one. In verse 7, look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. They tell me uh, that there's almost 8 billion people on the planet right now. That's quite a few, I think, you know. <laughs> and I don't know how many people have lived in the last 6,000 years. But it's hard to believe. 
every person will see him. And those, it says here, those who have pierced him, even those who have pierced him. Can you imagine the, the, the folks who pierced Jesus Christ? Can you imagine the ones who put the nails in his hands, put him up on that cross? They're going to stand before him in worship. And they're going to stand in, in surprise and awe because they didn't know who they were crucifying. Wow. You ever have anybody who you've tried to share your faith with? And you've tried to tell them about Jesus and make you look like an idiot? <laughs> you know, you're talking along all of a sudden and they'll say something, <laughs> shut you right down. I had a number of years ago, I was talking to a... Um, cousin of mine, we were sitting visiting, da, 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 and I'm all pumped, and I'm telling about Jesus. You're going to try to shove that down my throat? I said, I guess not. <laughs> but you feel, you know, they just kind of walk away embarrassed. But that cousin is one day, she's going to stand before him, whoever lives, right? She's going to give an account of her life. Just like me, I'm going to stand before God someday and give an account of let me ask you a question. Are you looking, for that, looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to the day when you will stand before the great I am and, and, and he will call you to account and say, hey, you know, what have you been doing with your life? Something to, something to be thinking about because eternity is forever. And um, he said, and even those who have pierced him will mourn because of him so shall it be. He said, I am the Alpha, the beginning. I am the end, saith the Lord, who is. You know, he is now. I mentioned a hundred years from now that most of us won't be here. But even as we're here now, as we worship, as we stand before his presence in worship, as we meet in the house of God, we're meeting and we're echoing in earth what is going on in heaven. Right now in heaven, as we talk, as we meet, as we gather, guess what? Angels are bowing in worship. Heavens are, uh, heaven is praising your name. My opinion is, I think the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, 2,000 years ago these guys lived, but I think they're still worshiping him. People that you and I have known who've gone on, I believe, are bowing and they're worshiping Him. When I close here, I'm going to invite the... Uh, I'll let them know in it, but I want to hope we can sing that song again, the Revelation song. Because what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, you who are in heaven, come to earth in, in, in us, in our midst. Let your Holy Spirit work and move in us such that your glory is come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Gary Giles. Woo! Amen? And Carol Giles and whoever else is here. Hey, there you go. There's my wife. <laughs> Praise God. Huh? We, have, we have something that no, no other group has. We have His presence. Amen. We have that relationship with the Creator God. 
How about you folks? But that gets me a little pumped. I, I just have to get a little excited and say, yay! Sometimes as I get older, I find it takes a little bit more to get me excited. I used to, younger, I'd kind of, you know, get pumped about things. And now it's like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> but that's something I can get excited about because I have hope. Anyways, I'm going to pop over here to uh, John. Excuse me now, let me get the right. Oh, by the way, did, um, what did one toilet say to another toilet? <laughs> you look flushed. Got a humor there. I know my humor doesn't always fit properly, but I'll just throw it in here. <laughs> John 17. We're going to go over to John 17. Now, I'm going to just let you folks know, too. Initially, I've been working on a sermon all week and, and tried to get it put together, and it, it was called Qualifications of a Leader. I've been preparing on it, spent hours on it, time on it, and then all of a sudden, I just felt this shift. So if I'm going to be speaking in the future, I hope it's some time to be talking about that. But I just, I've learned that when God says shift gears or change, that I go with that because I find that, you know, sometimes if, if that, what I'm preparing doesn't fit, then, you know, and he knows who's here. He knows what, what you need, right? And so he knows that if, if Gary, if, he, if he's going to be flowing through Gary, Gary needs to be in tune with his spirit, so that Gary is ministering not just a bunch of words. You know, you can sometimes, can I say this? You can be in church, and you can be bored out of your mind. You can be in church, and you know something? You can be wasting your time. Not because church is wrong, not because you shouldn't be there, but you're somewhere maybe in the wrong fellowship, wrong church where you should be. But when you're in the right church, you're in fellowship with God and fellowship with other people. You know, coming to church isn't just, to, uh, let me get this right. Coming to church is important. It is. If all I'm doing is come to church, I can be missing God. It isn't just about me coming to church singing songs. It's about me saying, Lord, what, you, what did you put me on this earth for? What's my purpose? What's my calling? What's my destiny? So I come to be with uh, other people. I come to be in fellowship so that I can find out what I've been called to do and will be able to walk it out. That makes sense what I'm saying? God, you know, we're not just mindlessly doing something, but we're here focused with purpose and with destiny in mind. The destiny is one day we're going to stand before him and we're going to give an account. I don't know about you folks, but I'm I want to be ready, huh? You know, I want to say, Lord, I want to hear him say, good and faithful. I don't, have, I don't want to hear him say anything else. There's other things he could be saying, right? <laughs> I want to hear a good report, man. And I know that in order for me to do that, it's going to take time and energy and effort on my part. I just don't wake up one morning and say, oh, here, here it all is. I'll just kind of do, 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 whatever. No, it's, it costs let me tell you, if you're here and you're new to this thing called Christianity, it costs you something. And if it doesn't cost you anything, you better check and see what, what's going on. Jesus Christ, when he came, it cost him his life so that I could have a relationship. I was just looking at something this week that was really kind of touched my heart. And they were talking about some of the different people who lived, Peter and Paul and James and all these different uh, apostles and leaders 
And most of them died as martyrs. Most of them died in, in tur turmoil. And, and Paul, you read the, 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 uh, the life of Paul, and I'll tell you, there ain't nothing about his life that really turned me on. <laughs> you know, he was shipwrecked, and he said, I was abandoned. He, man, he, got, he had problems, that guy. But he hung in there because he could see past his nose. He could see past the moment he was in and realize he's going toward a prize. Amen? We're moving towards something. Or we may be moving away from something. If we're not moving toward the prize and toward the goal, then where are we going? You know? Temporal gratification, temporal satisfaction. But he's called us, church. He's called you to be salt and light. He's called you with a specific purpose and a specific destiny. Jesus, in verse 17 of um, John, can we put that up? You got that, brother? He said, Jesus said this. He looked toward heaven and prayed. He said, uh, glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. He had the power. You know, he's the only God. He's the only one who had the power to give eternal If I was worshiping any other God besides him, no other God could give me the power to be able to uh, have eternal life. To bring to no other God could give me the power to have relationship with God the Creator. Only Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Wow. No man can come to the Father. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he may give eternal life. Perhaps the... Uh, I don't know if everybody, what, what kind of background we hear. If you have an ex, <coughs> he's got authority over the ex if you had troubles in your relationship. He's got authority over that boss you're having trouble with. Okay. He's got authority. He's having authority with that neighbor who's a pain in your neck. He's got authority. And he's called you and me. Maybe he's put you in that that neighbor, so that you can, God can use you to reach that neighbor or that boss. Amen. I've had some bosses in my time, and oh goodness, some of these guys. And <laughs> but I've always tried to be the salt and light to say, Lord, use me to touch this life. If I got to go through some stuff, well, help me to be an encouragement. Uh, help me to be the what I need to be, so that perhaps I can touch those people. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus Christ. And, and, and what I'm trying to get here, folks, is, and I, I think we know this, but sometimes we need to be refreshed, that there's no other way. We're trusting if we trust in anything or anybody else, we're trusting in something or someone who can't help us. The only one who can help us give us eternal life is Jesus Christ. Amen? It's him or it's 
whatever. You know, I, maybe I could use this analogy. Uh, anybody here ever buy a cheap, what they call a knockoff or a cheap imitation of something? You know, and you bought it and you get it home and you say, this thing ain't worth a toot. You know, I should have left it at the store. <laughs> well, Jesus Christ is the original. Man. He's the real deal. He's the one who can give us a relationship. He's the one who can bring us into right relationship with Father God. Boy, how about you folks? But sometimes I have to tell myself about me. And I say, self, you were a sinner, man. You were on your way to hell without hope and without God. Now, I can't say that about anybody else here. <laughs> right? I can, I can talk about me a little bit, right? I was, just, I was on my way to hell without hope. No hope. I, and, and, you know, as I grew up, I was not a, what I'd call a particularly evil person. I don't know as I ever, I think I stole something once from somebody, but I was kind of quiet and meek, you know. But I needed a Savior. When I was 17, I went forward in a meeting, and that was the beginning for me of transition and change. Even though I didn't do that much, what, one of the things Christianity did for me is it gave me focus and purpose for living. If you're, not, if you're here and you, you're, you're saying, I don't know why I'm alive, and I don't know, I just don't feel any sense, I says, something's wrong. <laughs> Can I say that kindly? Because if you love Jesus and serving him, he, he's put focus and purpose in your life. <coughs> John, what, uh, let me get back here. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. How many uh, have, have here, here have seen the, the, the Passion of the Christ? And, and, and you watch that, and, and it is probably one of the goriest movies. It, it, you talk about uh, the director, the writer. They did a, a superb job of, of being able to depict the ang agony and anguish that um, the, the, Jesus went through. Um, I forget the guy's name who played Jesus. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, yeah. He claims that he was hit by uh, thunder three times in the process of doing that movie. There's a lot of things you read about and you think, wow, <laughs> you know, three times thunder, that sounds pretty rich to me, you know. But he, he was, you know, the, the movie was made, but it depicted so graphically what, we, what Jesus went through in order to bring us redemption, in order to bring us hope and purpose. <laughs> he says, I have, I have brought you glory on the earth by completing the work. He completed. The work's finished. I don't have to do anything more. That doesn't mean I, there, there isn't responsibility on my life. But I don't, I don't do things to get saved. I do things because I am saved. I've been married to the same lady over 40 years. And I'm committed to her not because I necessarily... Uh, you know, want to, but I, I'm committed. <laughs> hey, oh, I, I'm going to get the couch tonight, folks. <laughs> no, let me reword that. Let me reword that. Uh, I'm committed to her because of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say that? <laughs> let me, 
You understand, you folks give me a little latitude, do you? <laughs> you know, I, I hope that my, test, my life has been a testimony to you folks. I come, I've been going to this church for however long, and I'm not saying that to, you know, pat myself on the back or anything, but I'm saying I hope that I can say my life is a testimony so that you hopefully can be encouraged or, or you can be blessed because of Jesus Christ living in me. And I believe I could say the same of many of you folks. I could look and say, well, there's people here who their lives and their testimony, they're a blessing to me because of Jesus living in them. And we fellowship together. We pray together. We live life. And it says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before the world began. Now that tells me a little bit something there, too. That he was before he came. Amen? <laughs> you know, he has always been. He's never not been. Boy, I, don't, I can't understand it. Yeah? Anybody else grab that? I'm thinking, he's never not been. He's always been. But, he's, uh, but he came, uh, he put a, on a body of clay. And he lived for 33 years. And at the end of his life, he died and rose again. So I could have eternal life. And if, I would, if he would have never came, you know something? I'd still be in my sin. I'd be on, I, I would be on a trek to destruction. I'm about you, but yeah, have you ever found there's times when in your own natural, you, you've thought thoughts, or maybe even done things, and you say, what did I do that for? Well, that wasn't very bright. <laughs> oh, I, oh, there's a brother over there. <laughs> Anyways, point of it is, that guy's honest anyway. No, I just said <coughs> Point of it is, if you allow your flesh to run, you don't know what you'd end up doing. But because of Christ living in me, Christ living, there's that restraint. There's that, no, don't go there. You've got his word to guide us and direct us. Praise the Lord. So over the next, um, I don't know, hopefully a number of weeks, if, if I'm going to be involved in lead, you know, preaching here, I'm going to try to get into the whole thing of qualifications of leaders so that we know what we're doing. How many know that um, as we're moving forward, okay, we've got to use wisdom. As we're moving forward, we say, okay, what's the word say concerning whatever we're doing? We're, we're looking to the Bible as our source. We're looking to the Bible as our directive. And so we have things that the Bible is very specific about. And leadership is one of them. But I just wanted to touch today on the fact that, you know, the basics is that Jesus Christ is it. You know, Jesus Christ is the hope. And when you were worshiping this morning, you were getting a little taste of what your eternal future not only is, but the eternal future of people who you're going to affect. You know, you're on this earth to touch somebody else's life. You're on this earth to, to, to somebody that, that you're, is in, within your social circles is looking at you. How many know there's people looking at us, whether we like it or not? See? People who are saying, let me check this thing out. They won't read a book. They won't pick up a Bible. But they'll be eyeballing us to say, let's see if it's real. Let's see if it really, you know, prove to me it's real. And I just, because I look at my own personal life, that's how I became a Christian, because I saw the reality of Christ in somebody else's life. 
So we, the good news of it is, is we, we're here. And God wants to use us and will use us. But we have to be open to him and available to him. I'm going to invite the uh, group to come up and sing that Revelation song. And as we, as we worship, oh, we're keeping in mind that our worshiping isn't just going through a bunch of ritual, but it's, it's, it's bringing heaven down. And, it's, it, it, and, and as he comes through the power of his Holy Spirit, I believe we have the hope that people will be drawn. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord.